It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome. We are uh, starting off another week, and it is the start of the college basketball season. It begins all across the board tonight. We'll have coverage on our stations uh, of various uh, college hoops teams, and that includes uh, coming up a 6.30 airtime tonight on uh, 94.3 The Game and 107.9 WNCT with uh, our coverage leading into ECU and... uh, in the season opener in basketball. Uh, because of time constraints, I don't know if we're going to get to Cy Seymour today, but Justin Bear with ECU uh, Athletics is going to be on with us. He'll tell us all about the ticket uh, sales, and there's still uh, your opportunity to get season tickets. They're uh, affordably priced, and uh, all of the game day activities that are planned. Uh, I'm waiting to get word of whether we'll have uh, Jay Sonhalder on here in a moment or not. So Philip the Ref Pilkington will let me uh, know that. A couple of things to uh, tell you about, and I'll wait to get a lot of this confirmed before I announce it on the show. We did announce some things on uh, Saturday, but uh, just a couple of things. Uh, we, In case you missed it last week, they moved the basketball game to 2 o'clock on Saturday. It was originally scheduled for 4, and so it's been uh, moved up to 2. That is because the football game will be played at uh, two at uh, four o'clock at FAU. Now I can report to you with uh, certainty that there will be a three o'clock airtime on the ECU Sports Radio Network for the uh, pregame show. There. All right. Uh, I'm told Sonny Sunholder is on, so Pilk, let's go to him. We don't need to dilly dally here today. Sonny, how are you? It's good to see you. I uh, hope all is uh, well. You were on hand for uh, Campbell's defeat. Uh, at uh, UNC as the Tar Heels uh, rolled in uh, that one. And uh, that has earned North Carolina a spot back in the top 25, oddly enough. So who knew? Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I mean, they had looked awful, and you would expect them to roll against Campbell. But uh, let's talk uh, some Pirate football uh, first. ECU with a 13-10 loss to... Uh, Tulane, who uh, really after the Pirates got it for the final time in the fourth, Tulane just kind of salted that thing away and uh, ends up putting uh, East Carolina away. So now Tulane, by virtue of the uh, loss by uh, Air Force, really don't have anybody breathing down their neck per se, and they've uh, really very much in their own uh, destiny now in that uh, tie for uh, the top of the league standings. And uh, we'll see how it all shakes out here. I mean, Obviously, the Green Wave, in my opinion, are the best team in the uh, in the American. Not saying they're head and shoulders above the best, but I think they're probably the most complete team as of right now, and um, I think are probably the team that's going to be a New Year Six representative. So, uh, Sonny, hit me up with uh, your just your thoughts on all this as we uh, we get ready. Uh, thoughts coming out of the game and uh, the great job Willie Fritz and Michael Pratt doing, and obviously the amazing job that the Pirate defense has done. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think Tulane is the best team in the conference. And, uh, 
Yeah, I think a lot of the frustration on on ECU side is just you know obviously the the whole season, but and and then the offense, um, you know, in the second part of that game, but in Tulane's really good, and uh, you know, on the road and on the road coming into Dowdy Ficklin, they came in there and we came ready to play, and uh, the defense was outstanding. I just think with Tulane, they've got the best quarterback in the league, and Michael Pratt. Willie Fritz is outstanding. They have experience from last year, and even though they've won some close games and maybe haven't been dominant, I think there's a lot to be said for for winning those close games or maybe not playing your best and still finding a way to win. Um, so I, I think they're going to make it all the way. I think they'll they'll win the league. Um, I, I think you know for ECU, you know, kind of kind of similar here, but we've went against a better team. Uh, I just think you know, obviously, offense look good at the beginning but then you know just didn't didn't really have anything after that and then the defense played pretty well it just wasn't enough and it was unfortunate because that game was kind of there for the taking yeah uh Tulane SMU and UTSA still remain uh, undefeated in the conference out of the weekend and uh I, again I think when it's all said and done you'll see Tulane uh, certainly in the championship game and, and very likely uh hoisting the conference trophy for a second straight year. Uh, defense played sensational. Again, they uh, were really great in those uh, goal-to-go situations. Uh, you know, now Tulane did march down on them in a, a lengthy drive uh, that uh, inevitably gave them the lead, and uh, and the Pirate defense really couldn't get off the field at the end when they needed to. But again, we're looking at a defense that, uh, particularly in the second half, was out there a whole lot. Uh, the offense, really good first quarter, and then things went south after that, uh, after the fast start. I just find the whole thing to be, uh, you know, really uh, frustrating. There's no close losses or moral victories or that kind of thing. I mean, a loss is a loss, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I think you could take a little bit of uh, knowing how great this defense is that, uh, boy, if the offense was just uh, adequate, then there would be uh, probably a few more wins and a few more numbers in the in the win ledger for the year. So uh, another just just kind of putrid day offensively after the first. Yeah, I mean that's and that's the part about this is is you know a lot of teams don't play defense. It's the opposite; <laughs> they only play offense. Right. We're we're yeah. actually playing good defense. I mean, look at USC. You know, we talk about them every week and kind of bag on them. They don't play defense out there. Um, and we we are playing at a high you know a pretty high level and um you know right now the offense i mean you know unfortunately we're getting towards the end of the year and you know off season um you know things will obviously change with with new players recruiting coming in the program and and you know guys developing and, and you know just figuring out different position groups and and that sort of thing but here you know we only have a couple games left and, and we're going to have to find a way to get something going if we want to get some wins here or get a win and I just think the number one thing is protect the football. And the number two, you know, I don't think we're going to be prolific passing the ball. We have to run the ball at a high level. I mean, that's one thing we can we can get better at. And I just think we're going to have to run the ball here to close out November, especially when the weather gets cold. You know, the other thing, Sonny, that uh, I think has to, um, you know, you look at FAU this weekend. Um weather won't be cold it'll be lovely in Boca Raton but uh, you know they lost to, to UAB so now you've got a situation where they're about 500 they're playing for a bowl so they kind of still have that something to play for 
Uh, and, and again, I thought the Pirates played extremely hard on on Saturday. That's another one of the positive takeaways uh, from this is that they haven't totally packed it in yet. Uh, you know, a lot of teams with just one win to this juncture in the season, it's a little questionable whether they will. Navy's got UAB. UAB could score. I uh, don't know if Navy can slow them enough and if Navy can – it's all going to depend on if Navy can c- control the football. But you're going to now go up to Annapolis in two weeks, and that's going to be a uh, senior day. So the, even if they're kind of mathematically still in it but distant may not be in it, Navy I'm speaking of here – they're going to play hard on senior day because they have a couple extra games because of the army situation coming up. Uh, and then, you know, Tulsa is going to be coming in and who knows what kind of shape they'll be in at that point. So, I mean, I, I well, I think this back three is maybe a little manageable. I, if, if I, I just, I don't know, I, it, it could be, you can make a case for where the pirates, okay, they could win if, but you also can make a case. The other team could win if. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of it, and you said it, a lot of it is going to be, all right, you know, we're one and, one and eight right now. How are we going to come out and play here? And that was a great sign because not all teams would play together and come out and play with that much fire um, when you only have one win. So that is a positive takeaway that the team is obviously together and playing hard, and I would imagine that's going to continue. Um, but they've got to do that in order to get a win because – at Navy is going to be extremely tough, no matter what their record is. Just facing that offense and how disciplined they are, plus it being senior, you know, senior day, that's a, that's a tough place to win. And then, you know, with with the Thanksgiving game with Tulsa and, and FAU and just what yeah scheduled, none of these are easy, but they are winnable. But I mean, we've got to get we've got to get the offense going, and um, the defense is playing well. But I mean, both sides really have to play better because. You know, and I've I've heard you know the defense talk about it. They they are playing well, but they you know they can compl- compete and, and be even better. You know, and, and they may have to if the offense is struggling, get more turnovers, whatever it may be. But they're, they're these games are winnable, but but you've got to do it in kind of some d- tough circumstances. We um, you know, I, great crowd on Saturday. That was the one positive uh, that you could sort of take away um, as well. Not one of the the one, but a positive you could take away. I mean, over thirty thousand, uh, you know, and 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 like a legit number. There were you know good crowd there at the beginning. It it kind of faded as the day went on, but you know, military appreciation day, a lot of pageantry there. The the issue, those students uh, will be around for that last game of the year, and you know, if if the next two don't go, if you don't pick up something in the next two prior to that. I, I just, I kind of worry about the crowd that day against Tulsa, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, there is no inside pirate athletics tonight. No, uh, radio show from tiebreakers. We'll be back there in uh, a couple weeks, uh, actually a week from tonight as we, uh, get ready for uh, pirate, uh, football coming up this weekend against FAU. So, uh, the post FAU, Fallout will be discussed. We'll uh, maybe touch on the two-lane game with Coach Houston. Again, that is a a week from tonight. Pirate basketball is on the docket tonight. Stay tuned. We're going to get Sonny on here for another segment and uh, talk some uh, of the overall college football from the weekend with Jay Sunalder, ESPN Plus college football analyst, right after this. 
You ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? You ready? Streaming to the world at 943thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now in all his glory, here's the P-Man. Okay, okay, okay. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Jay Sunholder here with us. Uh, the uh, games get a little uh, more interesting, a little more meaningful this time of year. Uh, a couple of teams that uh, won some games they were challenged in that I, that I think are probably, well, really kind of uh, three of them did that are in the top five and in, in uh, or, or four of them in the top five. Uh, Ohio State ends up kind of pushing past Rutgers, uh, who gave them a, a game. I thought it uh, was interesting how uh, Georgia had to really battle at home against Missouri, but ended up prevailing, obviously. No problem for Michigan. Florida State uh, struggled till late in the game against uh, Pittsburgh. In fact, uh, after the first half, it was probably a lot tighter. And that was a 7-7 game for much of the first half. But the Knolls were on the road. And then I, I was really impressed with Washington's win at USC. Uh, they they kind of showed some toughness in the fourth quarter uh, that, uh, that USC uh, really didn't have. And then Texas survives Kansas State. Uh, interesting that some of these teams, how they were pushed, Sonny, uh, that we've talked about in, in that top four. So... Uh, any anybody that stands out that had the big old miss was pushed as well by AM. So anybody that stands out ahead the big win this weekend in your mind? <laughs> um well in the top five, I mean I'll I'll say this. I, I I'm worried about Ohio State at number one. Um just because when you look at some of those other teams, they have top tier quarterbacks. I don't think Kyle McCord is a top tier quarterback. So they're gonna roll until the Michigan game. Um, but that that would be a concern for Ohio State is their offense isn't as good as it's been in the past. Their defense is actually better, which is important because they've kind of been soft in those big games against Michigan. But I, I would be concerned about him as quarterback. Um, I think Washington's legit. I think Georgia's just cruising through. But they've got Ole Miss here, and that's going to be a, a challenging game along with Tennessee. So they're going to have two tests coming up. Michigan's cruising. Patrick, I'll say one team outside of the top four that I think is is going to finish in the top four. I think Oregon's the real deal. I think Oregon plays offense, plays defense. That was a tough loss at Washington, but I, I think they're a team that's going to make the playoffs. Sonny, uh, this Saturday night uh, in the state, it'll be Duke at North Carolina. I think it starts at 8 o'clock on uh, Saturday night in Chapel Hill. You just saw North Carolina. Um and uh, Drake May, uh, the Devils are going to be without Riley Leonard. It looks like for uh, until that maybe a bowl game. Uh, so I mean, I think that puts Duke at a little bit of a decided disadvantage. Although the Duke defense is is, is very very good. How do you see that one going down on uh, on Saturday night? I'll put it this way: I would not be surprised if Duke wins that game. UNC's offense. Uh, really could be top four in the country. I mean, their offense is amazing. Um, not only do they have Drake May, Omarion Hampton, who you and I have seen, Patrick, at the mm -hmm. high school level, mm -hmm. he is one of the best running backs I've seen in person at the college level. I mean, he is outstanding, and he will probably be the top running back picked in two years. Um, Jamar Nesbitt, their tight end, is the NFL guy. I mean, they've got NFL guys all throughout their roster, but especially on offense. Their problem is their defense. 
they have two linebackers, Cedric Gray and Power Eccles, and that's it. Every everybody else is non-existent. I think their defense mm-hmm. is very weak. Um, so I think Duke's going to take advantage of that. And I think anytime you have a team that plays good defense, you've got a shot to win. So I would not be surprised if Duke wins that game. So this is a big uh, weekend challenge for Michigan. They'll be at Penn State, who uh, you know already lost one of these big matchup games against Ohio State earlier in the year. This one, though, is in uh, Happy Valley. So is this Michigan's strictest test, toughest test until they uh, – they get to uh, Ohio State. Are we kind of entering that period where the next few weeks are going to be uh, telling for for the uh, for the Wolverines? Yeah. Well, I think it is going to be telling. And, and after this week, they have Maryland. Um, and I think Michigan's the best team in the country. I, I just think with the number of draft eligible guys they have, they're going to have twenty guys drafted. They're going to break the record, which doesn't mean anything as far as necessarily winning. But I just think overwhelmingly even more than Georgia, that this is Michigan's year. Now, will they take care of business? Uh, this is a tough three-game stretch. I have more confidence that they'll beat Ohio State than I, than I do this Penn State game. I mean, Penn State already lost to Ohio State. They know the importance of this big game. This is Michigan's first big game of the year, and it's on the road. They're lucky it's not at night, but it, being at noon, it, it's going to be a tough one. And uh, – I mean, I think Michigan will come out on top, but I mean, I would not be surprised if Penn State wins this game. Um, I cannot uh, imagine that, uh, you know, NC State looked awful a few weeks ago against uh, Duke. Their offense did. Um, Offense wasn't great, but their defense was really pretty good against Miami. And I mean, you talk about a program that's rich in talent and doesn't do anything with it. See the hurricane. Uh, hurricanes but um <laughs> tell us how you feel <laughs> well i mean th- th- that guy's a recruiter but they're just so you know state's got bowl eligible um we're, we're, are we were we wrong in all of our bagging on the wolf pack here i mean they got wake this weekend and wake's playing for their bowl lives at, the, at this point but i mean that should be an interesting game state at wake yeah they always have trouble with them though and, and i'll tell mm-hmm. you this after after beating Clemson and after beating Miami, it is hard to be up three weeks in a row. And they just won two games. I mean, Wake Forest is down. You think that, oh, State should win this one. Uh, this is another upset alert. But, I mean, do I think State is is really good? No. I think I think they find ways to win, and they're, they're a good team. And, I mean, their record speaks for itself. I mean, I, I have questions about how good they are, but, I mean, at least they're winning these games. They're bowl eligible, and they have an opportunity to, to kind of close out here and probably surprise people, including myself. I, I thought they were going to be at 6-6 six and six or, or maybe not even make a bowl, but I, I think they're going to surpass that. All right, uh, both Washington and Oregon. You already mentioned Oregon are at home this weekend. Uh, Washington will host Utah. Tough uh, game. Southern so okay, Southern Cal at uh, Oregon. Who loses out of the two, or what's who's more likely to lose out of the two, Washington and Oregon? Uh, Washington's more likely to lose. That Utah game is going to be tough, especially coming off the huge the huge uh, victory at USC. Uh, Utah is legit; they're physical. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose that game. I just think USC is so messed up on the defensive end, even though they just fired their coordinator. That game's at Oregon. I think USC. Um, 
really in that ball game, that's that's going to be one they're not going to win. I just think Oregon is so fundamentally sound, so balanced offense and defense. I think Oregon's going to win that game, but I, I would watch out. I would watch out for Washington this weekend. Um, that's going to be a tough game. I think they could lose that. I think Patrick, this is going to be a weekend of of upsets, and I think the top ten is going to be shaken up a lot this weekend. Okay, all right. Top four when that comes out in the made for TV event tomorrow is that uh, the same in your mind? It'll be it'll be the same. Uh, Washington Washington may flip flop with Florida. I could see Washington Florida State flip flopping. Okay. Right. Yeah, I could wash in and move in the top four. Okay. Florida State out. Got you. All right, Sundog, thank you. Good to talk to you. Always uh, appreciate your time. Good seeing you, buddy. Thank you. All right. There he is, the great Jay Sunholder. Got him on video, ladies, just for you. When we uh, come back, we'll start to talk some pirate basketballs. The season opener is tonight. Ferrum coming to town in East Carolina. We'll uh, begin this uh, season with uh, – a lot of positive mo. So uh, we'll talk uh, pirate basketball, squeezing a couple of great guests here in our final half of the show. So don't you dare go away. Philip Bookings here with your 94-3 The Game Pirate Report and Sports Flash Update. Pirate basketball will open the season tonight against Ferrum. And Coach Schwartz talked about the difference in focus from year one to year two. Last year, so much of our time was spent on how we do things, not as much what we do. I feel like in this preseason, we've been able as a staff to focus on what we do because the guys have a feel on how to do it. The Pirates will be in action tonight against Ferrum Network coverage starting at 6.30 with tip coming just after 7 o'clock. Last night, the Panthers fell to 1-7 with a 27-13 loss to the Colts. They won't have much time to think about this loss as they are in action this Thursday night when they travel up to Chicago to take on DJ Moore and the Bears. Yesterday, High Point North Carolina's Ryan Blaney took home his first career Cup Series championship. The third-generation NASCAR driver is just 29 years old. There's a lot of college basketball going on tonight. 19th-ranked North Carolina will host Radford at 7 o'clock. Also in that same window, State will host the Citadel, and North Carolina A&T will travel to Pitts. At 8 o'clock, Wake Forest will host Elon, and at 9 in the late window, second-ranked Duke will host Dartmouth. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash update and Pirate Report. On the other side of this timeout, we'll be joined by Pirate Basketball Analyst Cy Seymour. Sometimes you just don't know if you want to kiss him or slap him. Ow! Either way, he'd probably like it. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. We uh, continue on here. Looking forward to later on the uh, this evening when uh, we'll be inside of... Uh, Minji's Coliseum for Pirate Basketball as the uh, Pirates open the season against Ferrum. Uh, Hope springs eternal for uh, Cy Seymour when it comes to Pirate Basketball. And Cy, you may have a reason to be really optimistic this year with uh, with everything that Mike Schwartz has coming back. So uh, Merry Christmas morning to you, by the way, Cy. Uh, thank you. How are you today? It was a good day yesterday. Yeah, I guess. 
Oh, it was. It was a good day. It was a good day. It was beautiful. My commanders won. My commanders won, so it was a good day. Oh, the commandos won, and the Cowboys lost. So that was uh, was a good day for you and and, and some others not so good that uh, that we both know. All right. Uh, Hey, and it's the start of basketball season. Yeah, so excited to see how this ball club's going to be, Patrick. And you and I are fortunate enough to talk a lot and, and be together on this stuff. And there's a lot of optimism right now for ECU basketball. What is well? I mean, let, let Ezra Azar's back. Uh, you have Brandon Johnson back. R.J. Felton back. Jalen Walker, who finished the season in a big way, back. You have a couple of the wing players. Uh, and uh, a couple of veteran guys, uh, a guy or two played some minutes, you know, off the bench in the post back. So uh, from that standpoint, you have a nice core returning, uh, Cy. Um, so for that alone right there, defensively, it, it's a big deal to have these players who've kind of gone through a year of it. And in talking to Riley Davis yesterday, he was telling me that, you know, that we're, we're telling them the same things, but they are a lot more confident in what we're uh, instructing them to go through defensively. I think that's the major point is these kids finished really strong. and You have to look really at that entire ball club. Most of your best players are returning. In fact, they all are because you had an injury early to the point guard position. So everybody that really, com- you know, really did a good job down the stretch is returning. I thought Jay Walker at the point, uh, was just unbelievable for East Carolina down the stretch. He's six foot five. He can guard anybody. He can play all five positions. Lazar's back. Uh, you know, Brandon Johnson. Every guy, everybody you just named. There's a good, good group back. And when you're talking about today's world, Patrick, the two R's, and the, I'm not sure the biggest R in retention. Retention and recruiting are both big, but you got to give Mike Schwartz an A plus. In retention, he kept all these kids, and yeah. they had offers. People were looking at them, and they had offers to leave here. And give credit to to Coach Schwartz and his staff to what they did. And then also look up in that you got two great players in the portal, or two good players in the portal, solid players that will help this ball club. And you had a good recruiting year. You had two big men come in that's going to help this ball club, and your walk-ons are well picked. Uh, so. I, I, you got to give Coach Schwartz and his staff a lot of credit for what they've been doing. We have uh, Cy Seymour on the line with us uh, here. With Ezra, before we talk about some of the uh, newcomers, with Ezra, what is what are the things you're looking for out of him as far as a jump from his freshman year, which uh, finished strongly after a strong start, uh, in, into this his sophomore season? I think when you look at a guy like Ezra Azar, you have to say, what, what do you look for? Continue to get better. I think one of the things he has to do, he has to be able to take the short-range jump shot. I, I think that's really important for a guy at 6'8". He's got to be able to, to hit the 15-foot jump shot and then expand it out. His ball handling's got to get better. But these are things that can happen with him because athletically, he does things that other people cannot do. He can, he can, he's left, he can go left hard. He can make great plays in midair. He, he does a lot of good things that you say, how did he do that? And, and so the, I think the key will be, does he improve his shot, which I think he has. And first of all, with all of them, it has to be 40 minutes. You can't take a minute off. And that's something that Mike Schwartz has taught. 
but he's got he's got places that he can get better on. He got you know defensively, you got to pick it up harder. But overall, all these kids that are playing for ECU, they've got good games, and he was fortunate enough, he, Coach Schwartz, to keep all these kids that play so hard, and they and uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, we've got Cy Seymour with us uh, here. Cy and I will be uh, on hand tonight for the ESPN Plus game uh, for uh, ECU's basketball season opener. Of course, the game will be heard uh, as well right here on 94.3 The Game and 107.9 WNCT. Uh, Coach Schwartz confirming Bobby Pettiford, the transfer from Kansas, who's from South Granville High School uh, in the Oxford area, will be uh, playing in uh, – will be playing uh, this or be available to play. I don't know how many minutes we'll see him necessarily because I think Pettiford's value will uh, will start to be recognized, you're hoping, as you get into conference play. But, I mean, he's a, a true point guard in the sense he's got a great feel for the game. And uh, he, he, I think, could even play, maybe better even call him kind of a lead guard because he, he – at least in high school and, and in the travel circuit, had a real knack for getting to the basket. Uh, not so much at Kansas, but, you know, he also was a little bit injured there. He's been a little banged up in the preseason, but uh, is is ready to go. Uh, so we'll see how it all shakes out tonight, I guess. Yeah. First of all, too, uh, Pettiford has a real desire, team first and winning. He that That's his thing. Uh, this summer, one of the problems he had was he lost a close game and he hit his hand on on, on the wall and, and, and messed up his wrist just for a short period of time because he wanted to win. He's a winner first. He's a he's a true point guard in that uh, it's a fine balance between scoring and delivering the mail. I'm, I'm just saying when you're a point guard, you got to have confidence in your shot. You got to be able to make free throws down the stretch, and you got to protect the basketball. He can do those things. But he also is a, a point guard, let me hit the open guy first, let me set the offense up. A lot of guards can't do that. Uh, we've been very fortunate in East Carolina. We've had a bunch of them, and they've all been pretty darn good at the point. Pettiford is one of those. The biggest thing with Bobby is that he's got a nagging injury right now, and he's and he's well. They've been working him out this week. Uh, slight hamstring, but but they've gotten it where he's normal. It's back to normal, and so you stretch good and hope that you don't overextend it during the games. But you're right; he's a good one. But ECU's looking at a lot of different people tonight, and I don't blame them. They'll, I hope they get a chance to look at a lot of different players. Cam Hayes, that decision as of uh, yesterday afternoon, late, had not been made yet, um, and of course he's. Kid from Greensboro started his career at NC State, was at LSU last year. The staff was aware that it was a two-time transfer when they recruited him after he got in the portal, so they, they knew this was a possibility. So, so tell me, Cy, a little bit about um, what it means if they were to get him and you know what's the game plan. I mean, I guess you just plan in a way not to have him, but, I mean, it's it, it's kind of a fine line, I'd have to imagine, because – you want to make sure that he's coming in and you can work him in if, if the committee from the NCA makes a decision that says, yes, he can go ahead and play. You're right. I mean, it's a fine line, and what you do is he's probably working with the second third groups. Uh, but you cannot let him play in the top eight rotation. Or This, this is me talking. Uh, because you don't know if he's going to be there. Uh, now, well, let me, let me tell you this about Cam Hayes. 
he is a great kid, but he is a tremendous player. He he can be a game changer in this league because he can shoot the basketball. He he's you know, and when you t- and we talk about this all the time, you're talking about the difference between one or two three pointers made in the ball game. He can do that. He can be a game changer, and he's done it on the high level. He he did it at NC State as a freshman. He did it at LSU last year. He wants to come home, and we want him here. He's comfortable here, and when he's practicing, he is really a top-notch player. Let's hope he can get eligible, but he can bring a lot to the game if he is eligible. And who knows? They could they could make him eligible in four weeks. You never know with the NCAA. They could make him eligible in an hour. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Exactly right. I mean, you know, Carolina's sitting there, and all of a sudden the football players else will ask for five minutes. Right. And and I talked uh, talked to Coach Schwartz Friday night. We were together at an event, and I said, uh, what do you think? He said, we don't know, but we will have him. He's going to be working out with us, and he's ready to go, and we know how good he is, and we want him. And a decision could come any time, or it could be waited until next year. He's just waiting to see, just like – the, the regular fans are. He's, he's don't know anything right now. I want to ask you about uh, Mark Adams, who was the old Texas Tech head coach and was the assistant the year they went to the uh, national championship game at Texas Tech. Great defensive mind, veteran coach, has kind of coached at all levels, so he sort of gets it. Uh, and that you so you combine his acumen on defense with what Mike Swartz preaches defensively. How much better will this team be on that end of the floor? Well, the first thing is always understand Coach Schwartz has got a great staff. Jake Morton is unbelievable. Riley Davis, Reggie Williams, who they moved up. Their strength coach is very good. Uh, Everyone is really good. To get a guy like Mark Adams is unbelievable. And and give credit to Riley Adams. Talking about a recruiting job, Riley had played for Coach Adams. So he, he said, I think we can get Coach Adams to come here. Well, this guy... And I'm just telling you, Mike Schwartz and, and Mark Adams are on a different plane when it comes to defensive strategy. They just really are. They're very good at what they do. And they get they get the angles. They, and the first thing they're going to work on is defense. And uh, Mark Adams, not only does he give you that, he gives you the maturity level. He's older. He's been on every level of basketball and been successful on every level. He also owns the mar- He also understands the marketing of basketball as he, he, he gets what it takes to build a program. And to have that available to you as Mike Swartz, because right now Mike Swartz is working himself to death. I mean, he's trying to make sure everybody's good. He's recruiting hard. Mark Adams gives you a, a different fit that every program in the, curl, in the country would love to have, a mature, successful head coach, that can coach defense, and he is strong and healthy, and uh, I'm telling, and he's a treat to be around. Uh, very fortunate to be around. He and his wife met them and and talked for a long time, and just very good uh, to have in your program. Cy Seymour, we're going to get you out on this. So the Pirates were picked fifth in the preseason. Um, obviously you have FAU in the league now that went to the final four. I don't know if they're top 10 good, but they are are top 25 good at the very minimum. Um, and then, uh, you got Memphis always, there's going to be improvement in in other, I mean, I think UAB's going to be a really well, well, they are a well-coached team. They will be a well-coached team. Where do you see the American kind of finishing out? Is it FAU Memphis and everybody else? 
Uh, where do the pirates factor in all of this? Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, for it, it's a it's a really balanced league, and, and you know we sit here and talk about that there, are, you know there are 353 teams in this in in Division One basketball. Now, 353. Their their RPI or in the Ken Palm for the last three years has been 31, 24, and 20. So they are in the top 31 teams in the top 24 teams, in the top 20 teams in the last three years. Memphis is Memphis. So they are they are going to be there, and they're consistently really strong, and that won't change this year. Uh, FAU finished last year RPI 17 and got everybody returning. Uh, that's that's going to be really hard. So you put one and two of FAU and Memphis, I think it's a dogfight. And then, I, I'll be honest with you, I think from then on, uh, everybody's in there. I'm talking about ECU. I think, uh, like you said, by the coaches, we've, picked, we've been picked fifth. There are 14 teams in this league, and ECU, for the first time since I've been doing this, which is 25 years, they, they are fifth. Uh, which is the highest I've ever seen. And this is a quality major basketball league. Not mid-major, major. When you've got Memphis and FAU in your league, FAU went to the Final Four. Memphis always around it. That's a good league. That is, these are really good programs. And so, and then Wichita State's always good. Temple is down. UAB, what he does, Andy Kennedy does over there is unbelievable. This is a really tough league that's really strong nationally. Our, our, we get hung up with numbers. Well, there are 353 basketball teams, and when you're in, in if you're under 150, you're you're in under half. I mean, let's let's get real. 175 is half. Football, you know, there's only 130 teams. It's it's much more basketball. is hard to get down low. And I, my point is, I think ECU can be in the thick of it. Either way, I, I'm not saying they'll be that one and two, but. I, I, they're not going to back down from anybody they play this year. I think it's important that they're playing Florida. I think it's important that they play George Mason on the road. I think it's important that they play UNCW. I think that's important games for East Carolina to play. But don't get me wrong, they won't back down from anybody. With Mike Schwartz heading this program, and these kids are tough as nails, they're going to be fun to watch play basketball. And 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 the – the, the students and the fans should get out and recognize that because this is going to be a, a fun ball club to watch. I think it's going to be fantastic, uh, be a fantastic season for the Pirates and a fun one. Uh, we'll see you in a little bit, Cy. Thanks so much. Look forward to it. See you tonight. All right, the great Cy Seymour. There he goes. All right, when we come back, uh, Justin Bear with uh, ECU Athletics will talk about uh, some of the new amenities at uh, Minji's Coliseum this season, and we'll uh, talk a little bit about uh, what uh, they have planned for the basketball season. So that is uh, straight ahead. Don't you dare touch that dial. We'll uh, wrap up our show after this message. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Let us welcome Justin Bear here in our uh, closing uh, segment. He is uh, with ECU uh, Sports uh, Marketing and uh, Tickets, ECU Athletics. Uh, great to see you, Justin. you you got the game gear on. You're ready to go tonight. Game face is already on for Justin. 
thank you for uh, for hopping on with us, marketing fan engagement. And uh, this year, you got some uh, you got some some nice amenities. You've got these brand new yeah. LED lights, and uh, you got the beautiful chair back seats, which will look fantastic for the uh, television audience for all the games. So, uh, take it away. Tell us what's on uh, tap uh, for the game day experience this year. Yeah, we're really excited um, with the game day experience. I mean, we're um, you know, Coach Schwartz kind of came to us um, this summer, and um, you know, it's like the Minji's crowd gets into it um, pretty well, but we're trying to get it started early and often so um you know we're gonna start using that light show about 10 minutes out today um Ooh. you know we've brought the dj we've brought the dj over from uh football he's gonna also be doing men's basketball this year and, and some of the women's basketball games so um you know we know that's been a really big success for us at football this year so we wanted to kind of bring that over so um start about 10 minutes out we're gonna try to get that that place ready uh get it rocking so um, you know, if you're coming out tonight, make sure to get there, get there early. And it's going to be something we do all season long, but, um, you know, you mentioned the new lights and that really adds a lot for what, um, what we're able to do with the crowd, the game experience and getting the, uh, the crowd engaged. Um, and I think it's something that's going to be ever evolving. What you see tonight is probably not what it's going to look like, um, in a week, a month, you know, come February, come the end of the season. So we're going to be kind of tweaking and making adjustments throughout <laughs> the year to kind of figure out what looks best and kind of get everybody involved. So it'll and, be exciting uh, tonight. You, oh, go, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Well, I guess I was going to finish up with the purple chair back. So I know you mentioned those. And, yeah. um, for those who've been in, in Minji's this year so far, if you maybe gone to a volleyball game recently, if you were out at the open scrimmage, uh, we did before the SMU football game, whatever you've seen those new seats and, and they look great. Um, they're, they're awesome. And those are totally sold out. So I know a lot of our fans kind of, one of the complaints we get is that on, on the ESPN Plus broadcast, it looks like nobody's there. Um, but, you know, with those now being season tickets sold to some of our, our loyal fans, I think we're going to see a lot more people down there uh, in those all season long. Justin Bear, uh, Director of uh, Marketing and Fan Engagement at East Carolina with ECU Athletics, is, uh, is with us here. Uh, 7 o'clock, uh, the uh, tip tonight. And uh, with, with ticket sales, I heard they've been, you know, fairly good pretty brisk, uh, yeah. probably the best since the conference USA days when we yeah. made the move, one of Bill Herrian's years. And, you know, a lot of that was people were coming to see Louisville and DePaul and Cincinnati mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, some of those, those great conference USA teams that yeah. were like NBA teams, uh, with yeah. this, I think there's a genuine and palpable excitement for men's basketball this season. Yeah, and it's and it's both of our basketball programs. You know, our men's basketball program, we're over 1,800 season tickets now. Um, that's about 250 from last year. Um, our women's basketball program is at uh, a little over 400 now, which is um, up about 150 from last year. So, um, and and like you said, it is. I think it's it's genuine excitement for both those programs. You know, our women's basketball program was picked second in the conference. The men were picked fifth, um, which is you know for both those programs. Um, the highest we've seen in a really long time here. So it is nice to have some genuine excitement about, uh, about our basketball programs, both of them. Um, and to see, you know, our fans supporting that is great. And, uh, you know, it gives us a good, a good base number when you're talking about attendance numbers and, and, and getting the, getting people in there and getting people excited. Uh, Justin, anything with uh, that's different this year with parking or maybe gates of entry, that sort of thing with, um, with basketball season beginning tonight. No, parking and gate entry is all going to be the same. Um, 
for, for the men, it's, um, you know, the Hall of Fame, Gate 2, um, are your two main entrances, and then the student entrances, Gate 3. Um, you know, and that is, it is a big focus for us this year as a student and making sure to, to make that experience better. So um, students are going to only be, the only people in the lower bowl this year will be, you know, the people who have purple chairback uh, seats or students. So I'm really excited about that. Um, the biggest thing I think fans are going to notice kind of from a operation logistical standpoint is uh, with concessions. Um, I talked to our Airmark folks this morning. Um, they're bringing over um, some new um, concessions options that they've kind of been doing over at um, football. They're adding a lot of points of sale. There's some, some of those walkthrough beer areas where fans can just kind of go and grab a beer and, and get back. And so I think it's going to be a lot better for fans from the concession side. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot fewer lines and a lot more options on what you can what you can get um, during the game. Any particular uh, dates for home games for either the men or women that you want to highlight, especially over the next month? You know, I think um, you know we have a few big games, and you know, kind of men's basketball pushes for us has been every game's an important game, and same thing with the women. So. Uh, you know, we're pushing them all, but obviously on the men's side, kind of some of the ones that I'm sure our fans are going to highlight is um, Campbell this Saturday. I know you mentioned, uh, heard you mentioned 2 p.m. start for that now. Um, we moved yeah. it up so we didn't kind of cross, cross over with football that day. Um, November 30th, UNCW is coming into, into Minji's. Um, that should be a great, great game. Um, and then obviously uh, December 9th, um, our men are playing South Carolina, so all three of those are kind of big ones in the non-conference. And yep. then uh, for the women, you know, South Carolina's coming for them as well. Um, December 30th, I believe, is the date on that. So, um, you know, those are all the kind of big games in the non-conference. And then once conference play hits, you know, they're all they're all important. So um, it's a, I think it's a very good home schedule for both programs this year. All right. Uh, Justin, uh, give uh, any information again that you want to give before we uh, wrap up here that we haven't covered. Uh, maybe a reminder of when fans would uh, be recommended to be in their seats yeah. tonight. And, uh, you know, any, any information to get season tickets, which are still very much on sale yeah. with 20 men's home dates. Yeah. So, yeah, season tickets still on sale. Um, you can call our ticket office now. They're over there if you want to be one of those last-minute people or you can go online, ecpirates.com. Um, to get your season tickets now. Um, big thing for game days is, you know, we're trying to get people in there early and often. Um, you know, if you have season tickets, make sure you're using them. If you're not able to, um, find a friend who might want to go. But um, light shows should start about 10 minutes pregame. Um, so make sure to be in your seats by about 15, 20 minutes before um, to kind of see the whole thing. Um, it's going to be great. Um, we're really excited for basketball season and hope to hope to see the Pirates out all year. Hey, Justin, always great to talk to you, my friend, and yeah. uh, we'll look forward to seeing you tonight. Yeah. I appreciate it, Patrick. All right, there he goes, Justin Beer. Great to have him on. Big thanks to Jay Sunalder for being on with us today. Also to Cy Seymour. Thanks to Philip the Ref Pilkington. Thanks to Justin. And uh, stay tuned uh, at 6.30 tonight. We'll have uh, coverage here on 94.3, the game beginning for ECU basketball as uh, the Pirates take on Ferrum in the uh, season opener. A lot of excitement around Pirate basketball this year. Tomorrow, uh, we are going to uh, have Coach Houston on. It'll be our Houston huddle. We'll talk Pirate football tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show and recap ECU's home opener in basketball uh, tonight, the season opener. All right, have a great rest of your evening. Go Pirates! Go Pirates!
Great Deep Brewing is proud to partner with...